Thanks for tuning in for Access Utah. Before we jump into our topic today, which, by the way, is doing good in our communities. We're hoping you'll spotlight your favorite individual organization or our church group doing good in your community. Uh, have three comments from past programs. Uh, first of all, a comment on Bears Ears, President uh, Obama's designation of Bears Ears National Monument in southern Utah. And uh, this is a uh, letter from Jack in Smithfield. Jack says, I, along with so many others, have fought long and hard in behalf of Bears Ears National Monument. I joined those who are celebrating President Obama's courageous and brilliant act and the unprecedented decision to invite Native Americans to become part of the planning and management of these sacred lands. On the other side, I feel the pain of the rural communities who are concerned for their economic future and way of life. Last Friday, I joined nine others to meet with Utah's U.S. senatorial staff to express our deep alarm over the Trump cabinet picks who pose momentous threats to our public lands and a habitable planet. What follows is a statement delivered to Senators Hatch and Lee in behalf of those impacted by our new national monument. And so I'll uh, give you the letter, even though it's a little bit lengthy. Uh, Here's the letter. As you, our senators, are aware, Utah has the potential to be one of the lead states in creating long-term stable employment through renewable energy and energy efficiency. Many of the jobs could occur in the rural areas of Utah, which are in greatest need. Very recently, a city in northern North Carolina became one of the first U.S. cities to secure their energy entirely from renewable sources. Some of the small rural Utah towns have potential for the same, providing long-term stable jobs and energy security while protecting the planet from climate change and toxic emissions. The U.S. solar industry experienced yet another record-breaking year in 2015 and again in 2016, numbers pending, with more than 7,400 megawatts installed and 18.5% increase over the amount installed in 2014. Further, it should be noted that the solar industry in Utah now employs about 2,700 workers compared to the 1,600 who work in coal mines. As an esteemed leader in the U.S. Senate, you are well positioned to enhance these opportunities for our state through the DOE and NREL and also encouraging our state leaders to do the same. Perhaps you could join with the other Utah congresspersons on this. Representative Bishop has expressed interest in creating public land renewable energy corridors. This would be an outstanding legacy for you to leave for your rural constituency. Another direction that could help rural communities is land management for carbon sequestration. Proper range management can facilitate carbon absorption and storage, another activity that Representative Bishop is exploring. If economic incentives were offered to farmers and ranchers combined with training, this too could bring additional income. Again, thanks for all you do uh, to ensure a secure economic and environmental future for present and future generations. That's Jack in uh, Smithfield. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. And then we had a couple of uh, follow-ups to our uh, very interesting program on Tuesday, which we repeated last night, on fake news and journalism in the age of Trump. Here is Dan in Springdale. He says, thanks for reading my comment on the air. Springdale is a small community where everyone knows everyone else. I'm wondering whether this will create any conversation with my neighbors. And uh, just to refresh your memory, Dan was the one who canceled his subscription to the New York Times, and he said he did that at 9.30 p.m. on November 8th. He stopped reading the news, listening to the news, or watching the news. Um, and therefore, he canceled his subscription to the New York Times. Uh, he, Dan goes on to say, Jennifer Napier-Pierce commented that I haven't given up news completely because I was listening to Access Utah. Actually, I have. My email to you was prompted by a broadcast email I received from UPR about this show. I haven't given up email. I have given up news. 
I listened to your program only because I took the trouble to respond to the email and wondered if my comment would be read on the air. I did not listen to the brief news segment that preceded it. I didn't uh, even know about the background news, quote-unquote, that was embedded in some comments of your guests. The only, quote-unquote, news that I think I might uh, wor- be worth taking uh, talking about now is how Trump will destroy this nation and with it the whole world since we are so fundamentally interconnected now. People are not talking about that news. We are like Germany in 1939. We're falling into a pit, and I don't see how we will ever crawl out of it again. Jews in Germany in 1939 could abandon their homes and escape to England or America. Where will anyone escape to now? Your guests do not and are not talking, taking the situation seriously. We are at the point of a gun, and they're talking about tomorrow's lunch. That's one huge reason why the situation is lost. So thanks for that follow-up, Dan, in Springdale. And uh, finally, here is uh, a comment from Steve. One of, he says, one of the listeners to Access Utah Symposium on Fake News today observed that outlandish fake news has been with us for a long time. Witness, as your listener wrote in, the National Enquirer and other supermarket tabloids of its ilk. Quite true. What is sharply different in today's world, though, is twofold. First, it is that fake news has been weaponized. It does, does little public harm, after all, if a gullible person believes that Elizabeth Taylor is pregnant with the Martian's baby. But it does great public harm when such person believes that a U.S. presidential candidate is running a child sex ring out of a pizza restaurant or that the Pope has endorsed a candidate who shares none of his views. And second is that fake news has become all but inescapable. Most of us pass the tabloids lining the checkout counter with little more than an amused glance. But who doesn't have a Facebook account? Even worse, actors such as Breitbart and Drudge have become extremely sophisticated at mainstreaming weaponized fake news via cable news organizations such as Fox, which has its own propaganda axe to grind, and CNN, which seems always breathlessly clamoring over this or that triviality or faux news story. That's Steve. Thanks for those comments. Appreciate that a lot. There are many needs in our communities, and there are dedicated individuals and nonprofits working to meet those needs. They sometimes don't get the recognition they deserve, however, and you may want to help, but you don't know where and how. Well, today on Access Utah, we're opening the phone lines, email, and Twitter. We're going to give you the opportunity to spotlight a nonprofit or individual doing good in your community. And you can reach us right now to upraxcess at gmail.com. We already have a couple of uh, emails that have come in uh, spotlighting uh, a nonprofit or individuals, or I suppose we could uh, add in uh, church organizations that do a lot of good in our communities. We just want to, uh, to highlight that good, encourage it. There's a lot of good going on. And we sometimes lose that, lose sight of that in the uh, in the news. It's kind of depressing, as as witnessed by our discussions on previous programs. Uh, we have with us Amy Anderson, director of outreach with Sunshine Terrace Foundation in Logan. Uh, thanks for coming in. You're so welcome, Tom. Thanks for letting me be here. And Holly Peterson is president of the board for Somebody's Attic in uh, Logan. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Tom. Uh, During the hour, we're going to be talking with uh, an individual who is doing art for Kenya. We'll be talking with someone from Utah Refugee Connection and uh, someone from Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. And I very much hope we'll talk to you. You can call us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. This is your chance for the hour to... Plug away. Plug your favorite nonprofit. Plug the good work that uh, you or a neighbor are doing, uh, something maybe your church organization is doing. 
we wanted to highlight the good being done in the community. There, there is a lot of uh, good being done. Um, let me start with you, Amy Anderson. Uh, remind us, Sunshine Terrace Foundation, what does it do? Sunshine Terrace Foundation was created, gosh, 69 years ago um, with the intention to always make sure that there was care available for the aged and the indigent here in Cache Valley. And we've been fulfilling that mission as a community-owned organization ever since. Um, Our primary business is our skilled nursing and rehab center, which I'm sure most people have memories that they've lived here of coming and visiting grandparents and relatives or volunteering to come and sing or to visit um, residents there. But we also have expanded our services to include assisted living, to include an outpatient um, rehab and gym, and also to include home health and hospice services. So... Over the years, we've we've broadened and expanded, but still always have at the core that idea of making sure that there's care for anyone who needs it and that people can stay healthy and happy in their homes for as long as possible. Mm. Great work being done. Uh, so how can someone help if they want to? Well, we have lots of different opportunities for volunteering. Um, our recreation therapy department over in our skilled nursing and rehab center frequently has Um, groups of individuals that come and perform um, so that there's entertainment, but they also help with with reading, with providing blankets, with coming and helping during our activities. So there's ample opportunity for people of all ages to come and help. Um, The same with Terrace Grove with our assisted living center. Um, And also within our home health and hospice, you may not be aware, but All hospices have to provide at least 5% of their care with volunteers. Mm -hmm. That was something that started when Medicare took over uh, paying for hospice services. So that's also an opportunity for people to just simply be a companion, to companion those people who are in the latter stages of their life, um, to get to know them, to become part of the care team. Um, So that's another really great way people can volunteer at Mm -hmm. Sunshine Terrace. So could someone just uh, come in and visit? The residents? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You know, we have a reception area in our main mm-hmm. building that's staffed um, from nine to five. So people can just come in and talk to them. They can ask uh, Corey Funk is our recreation therapy director. He's always available to answer questions and see where people's skills and needs most um, appropriately meet. Uh, we have people bring their pets in, which is awesome as long as they provide uh, rabies vaccine so that we know that the dog is safe. But people bring in pets all the time. We've had people bring in pigs. We've had people bring in miniature <laughs> do- or horses. Mm. You know, just anything that can help bring more to our residents' lives is, mm. is what we're looking for. And there's some great people there. I think that sometimes there's a reticence. You know, am I going to re- be received? Will they like my visit? They, they probably will. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the people who live at Sunshine Terrace are members of your community. I mean, it's no different if they're living next door to you or they're living with us. That's their home. And I think um, because of mobility issues, often many times of them are isolated from being able to do activities. So to have people come in to bring the world to them is just such a great way that you can bring a smile to someone's face. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know, right. too, in this expanding world, many of us no longer live close to our our older relatives. So that opportunity for young children to have the experience of getting to know someone and um, you can even adopt a grandparent at Sunshine Terrace um, where we'll pair you up with somebody and you can kind of make them part of your family. So if you are living far away from grandparents or, or older relatives, this is a great place for you to come. Great. Let me turn to Holly uh, Peterson, uh, president of the board for Somebody's Attic uh, in in Logan, in Cache Valley. Uh, so tell me what Somebody's Attic is and what it what it does. 
Well, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate the opportunity to share this information with our community. Somebody's Attic runs two thrift shops, one in Smithfield, one in Logan. And um, the Logan one has been in existence for over two decades. And uh, their primary, um, one of their primary services is the revenue from those two stores um, provides funding for both CAPSA and for the family place. So each year a substantial amount is provided to those organizations. But it also serves the community as well in other ways. It provides um, quality items at low cost and it provides a place for community members to provide donations to. And uh, we know that there are other places in the valley to donate as well. But we appreciate so much people who will bring their donations. Um, one thing people may not know is that after donations are um, sorted through, that then we continue to provide more donations uh, to other agencies that that pick up donations as well, such as the Deseret Industries. They actually have a um, maintain a crate at our shop and uh, pick that up oh, as well. Okay. Um, the um, two stores are manned with numerous volunteers, some who have been there since the inception of the store. We're very fortunate in that way and uh, run by extremely capable capable people. So mm. the community support is big, and um, I believe it provides services in a number of ways to our community, mm. and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Tell us briefly uh, about CAPSA and uh, the Family Place. These are organizations that Somebody's Attic s supports, right? Right. Both provide protective services for families who have been subjected to abuse. So that's, that's the primarily, primary focus of both of those, so that families have a place to go to and stay and receive services. Wonderful. Uh, so how can people get a hold of somebody's attic? If they want to volunteer or, or whatever. Um, they can go <coughs> to either store or we have a Facebook page, and they can respond on that. Um, like, okay, uh, uh, wonderful. Maybe Facebook would be the, the mm -hmm. electronic contact. Right. Yeah, wonderful. Right. Uh, so, Amy, uh, if, if uh, someone – one of the things we want to do with this program is somebody perhaps has the impulse to volunteer. So good on you, first of all, and maybe you don't know where to go. Where do it, uh, how, can, how can somebody find out? I mean, there, there's so many organizations, there but, are. but sometimes we don't feel plugged in. Well, I think one th one thing, I, I'm really fortunate in my role at Sunshine Terrace to be able to network with other organizations. And two of the people that I've had the privilege of working with are the Volunteer Center here in, in downtown Logan. Um, it's part of the United Way, and people can go there and get information on different volunteer opportunities that are available. They have a lot of especially um, Boy Scout, Eagle Scout program projects that people mm -hmm. post there. So if people are looking for an Eagle Scout project, so the Volunteer Center is a great way 
to um, connect. And they're located right on, on Main Street in the Cash Chamber building. Um, and their phone number is 554-8270. So that's a place you can go to find out how to volunteer or if you are in need of volunteers to let them know what your needs mm-hmm. are. And then there's also JustServe.org, which is an organization that is um, national in scope but is new here to the Valley um, within like the last six months. And again, it's a website where you can go and post your volunteer needs. And also, if you're interested in volunteering, you can go and see what's available and and try to find a match for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you're probably familiar with this. has been rolled out in wards. Yes. Uh, and, and maybe other congregations as well. Um, so those are we'll get some of this information on our website uh, as well for your uh, convenience. Uh, we bring uh, in next, um, we want to highlight the work that Natalie Humphreys is doing. Natalie joins us on the telephone. Uh, welcome to the program. Are, are you there? I'm not sure if we have uh, uh, Natalie. We'll we'll try to uh, we'll try to get Natalie. Natalie's doing some great uh, work. Uh, it's uh, uh, art prints on Etsy, art for Kenya, oh, cool. sponsoring uh, kids' education in in Kenya. While we're trying to get uh, Natalie, I want to turn um, back to Holly. I just wonder on a, on a personal basis. I'm interested uh, why you got involved. What was the impulse? You've probably been involved in other things as well besides somebody's attic. I think a lot of times people choose to volunteer because they have a a belief in the direction of organizations that they're volunteering for, and that was certainly a part of mine. Um, And I think the other other thing is what you receive from volunteering. And in each of the situations that I've volunteered in, I think one of the most satisfying things are the people you come Mm -hmm. in contact with. And that is a very rewarding experience mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, you, you meet a lot of great people serving with or serving or, you know, just, yes. just being there with some great people in the community. I think we have uh, Natalie with us. Natalie Humphreys, are, are you there? Yeah, I am. I'm oh, here. Oh, okay, great. Good to, good to talk to you. Uh, my producer, Amy Kobig, connected us up with you. It sounds like you're doing some great work. Tell, tell us what you're doing with Art for Kenya. Um, so I just got back from Kenya about six months ago, and I was really inspired to help kids go to high school. felt like a lot of kids were sponsored and supported through elementary school, but after that, they kind of just dropped out. The government didn't have a whole lot of support for that, for them to continue. So I was like, hey, I do art. Why don't I try to connect some artists and back to some kids in Kenya and help some of them out? So we've been able to sponsor four girls. Um, with a friend back in Kenya to go to high school. Oh, that's wonderful. So how did you end up going to Kenya? Um, it's always kind of been a dream of mine. I just to go to Africa and, and do a humanitarian work. And so my husband was supportive enough, and he he was like, yeah, I think you should do it. So I went with a friend, and we connected with a company called IVHQ, and we did, we worked in like a, an elementary school, and it was awesome. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people, maybe including me, would have gone to Kenya and had a nice time to come back, and that was good. What, what What's what's the impulse? You wanted to help uh, kids get a, a further education. Yeah, I just wanted to, I've traveled a lot, like elsewhere, and I just all, I, um, when I went to Europe and things with my grandparents, 
we would see homeless people out on the streets. And for some reason, that kind of had an impact on me. My grandparents really kind of led me into that path of watching out for people. And I watched them give so much to charities and, and my parents did as well. And so I just wanted to go and make a difference somehow. And I mm. felt like that was a good way to do it. And so you do, you do prints, I guess, and you thought, well, I can, I can do this and then make yeah. it help somehow. Okay. So you have an Etsy. You call it an I account. I, I, I'm showing my ignorance about Etsy. So uh, uh, <laughs> Etsy account, Etsy page. Uh, yeah, ba- so, bail, bail me out yeah. here, Natalie. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's like an Etsy store. Oh, okay, great. Type okay. of a thing. All yeah. right, good. Uh, and it's Art for Kenya. So I guess uh, people could go to Etsy and and go to Art for Kenya, and they'd find you there. Yeah, or I think it's easier to follow me on Facebook and find it through that way. Okay. Etsy, you type it into Etsy, and you get a million different things. Oh, okay. Wow. What? So the so the Facebook page is Art for Kenya. Yep. Okay. And I'm seeing some great prints here. Spread kindness like confetti. That's a nice saying on one of them. Do small things with great love. Mother Teresa, there's a, a Logan Elias Temple print. Uh, there's a, a, a Statue of Liberty. All kinds of, uh, of things here. So people purchase this and a portion of the sale goes goes to Kenya then to help people, help kids get into school, yeah. stay in school. Okay. So Etsy, unfortunately, takes a cut, but then all of the rest of it goes directly to these girls. Oh, that's wonderful. What uh, success have you had? You had uh, feedback? Um, yeah, we've had, I mean, it's been slow and getting the word out and everything. So this has been a great opportunity, um, getting the word out. But as far as success, we've been able to sponsor four girls for two semesters. So that was kind of a big accomplishment for me in six months. So that's been awesome but i hope it just grows a little bit more and we can sponsor more girls and make it a little more organized oh that that's that is a wonderful thing so you're just trying to grow this thing um what's your final question uh, natalie what what's your suggestion for someone who maybe wants to follow in your footsteps you have an experience you see a need you want to help but it's probably a little intimidating what would you say to people well, I mean, one of the things I was really finding frustrating was I kept reaching out to nonprofits and trying to get involved, and it just never seemed to exactly exactly work out. So I finally just was like, I'm just going to do something. I'm going to make my way, and I feel like a lot of people should just take action. And that's what the advice I'd have. Just do what you feel like you should be doing to make a difference and go for it. Well, Natalie, uh, congratulations to you. It's a wonderful thing you're doing. Natalie Humphreys with Art for Kenya. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, we, uh, if you want to help out, go to the Facebook page, Art for Kenya. That's uh, Natalie Humphreys, who uh, saw a need there in Kenya and, and jumped into action. That's We want to encourage that. So we're, we're having you spotlight work that you uh, know about in the community, your favorite nonprofit or church organization. And you can reach us to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Or you can call us to 800-826-1495. We're highlighting the good being done in our communities. We have with us Amy Anderson, Director of Outreach with Sunshine Terrace Foundation for the Hour, and Holly Peterson, President of the Board for Somebody's Attic, both those organizations in Logan. Let's take a break. When we come back, the emails are starting to come in. That's wonderful. We'll highlight your organization. You can call as well, 800-826-1495. Email is upraxis at gmail.com. 
Remarkable Women is made possible with support from the Center for Women and Gender at Utah State University. Organize, agitate, educate must be our war cry. Susan B. Anthony. Susan B. Anthony was a leader in both the abolition and suffrage movements. She was in a 50-year partnership with Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and together they established organizations, petition drives, and publications, while campaigning widely for passage of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution giving women the vote. Remarkable Women is made possible with support from the Center for Women and Gender at Utah State University, providing students another perspective of current societal issues. Information at womenandgender.usu.edu. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. We are highlighting the good being done in our communities. So there are many needs, and there are many dedicated individuals, nonprofits, and church groups working to meet those needs. And they sometimes don't get the recognition they deserve. And so that's, uh, that's plan one on the program today is give them the recognition. We're encouraging you to email us or call us and plug your favorite individual or nonprofit or church group doing good in the community. Give them a little, uh, uh, their, their day in the sun, so to speak. 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495 is the, uh, the place to, uh, uh, to go for email, for a phone call, 800-826-1495 is our phone number. And you can reach us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. We have with us in studio for the hour Amy Anderson, Director of Outreach with Sunshine Terrace Foundation, and Holly Peterson, President of the Board for Somebody's uh, Attic, both those organizations in, in Logan. Holly, you were saying off-air that uh, we just talked to a wonderful young lady, Natalie Humphreys, who saw a need in Kenya, and she's... Uh, selling prints on Etsy, and uh, the money is going to uh, put people, kids in school in, in Kenya. You're saying that today's world, we just have a lot more opportunity with, with interconnectedness in our digital world. Exactly, and I think young people are, are the larger number who take advantage of this, but it has made our, our efforts and abilities global with the Internet access that we have. Yeah, it's and, and some great people taking advantage of that. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, first email we'll go to. This is uh, uh, usually I give only a first name, but uh, in this case uh, the title is important. So Sean Damitz, director of uh, Center for Civic Engagement and Service Learning at Utah State University. That's a wonderful organization. It is. Uh, Sean says I'd like to highlight Common Ground Outdoor Adventures, mm-hmm. a nonprofit that's been providing a tremendous benefit to citizens of Cache Valley. Common Ground has been providing adaptive recreational opportunities for adults and youth with disabilities for over 20 years. The website is cgadventures.org. That's Common Ground uh, Outdoor Adventures. Uh, I have some friends who just love Common Ground. Oh my gosh. It really lifts their spirits. And we at Sunshine Terrace love them as well. Mm-hmm. They come frequently and take our residents up skiing. So we have a couple of younger residents that they've packed up and taken up and they go skiing with them. They do activities in the summer. So they're they're not only a great standalone organization, they're wonderful for partnering with other organizations mm-hmm. in the Valley. And I want to put in a plug for Sean's organization, Center for Civic Engagement and Service Learning. Uh, I taught a connections class here at uh, USU this past uh, summer, and I think one of the highlights for the students was getting involved through the Center for Civic Engagement and Service Learning. We went out to the uh, USU Student Organic Farm, mm. oh. which I barely knew existed, and, and we went out and weeded and had a, gr- had a great time. And 
And now yeah. you know that you can buy a basket that's from right. Now I know they can, I can buy a yep. basket from there. Yeah, that's right. So that's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so thanks, Sean, for, for that, for, uh, for plugging Common Ground Outdoor Adventures. Appreciate that. And I believe, I believe we uh, do have uh, Amy Harmer with Utah Refugee uh, Connection. Uh, Amy, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, so let's see, um, serverefugees.org, I believe, is the website. Yes, we actually are an organization that exists to help people make, people make meaningful connections with refugees locally here in Utah. And what we do is we provide ways for the community to learn, serve, and give to local refugees. We have a warehouse where we collect items and distribute items to refugee providers throughout Utah. We also um, run an app called Serve Refugees that you can download on your smartphone, which is an awesome tool. It's right in your hands, and we have about 10 different ways you can learn about refugees on that app, 10 different ways you can serve refugees, working with all different organizations, volunteering from one-time projects to an ongoing volunteer opportunity, and about 10 different ways you can give to local refugees. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, so you go to the website to get that app, or where do you get the app? Yeah, what you, well, you just go to the app store. So oh, the, the app store, your, and just, just look for it? So. Yeah, you use, okay. you use your smartphone, mm-hmm. go to Serve Refugees, you just Google it in the, the app store, search for it, I should say, and then... It comes up, it will have a little globe with some hands around it. You click on it, and then you download it, and then what you do is you decide, hey, I want to learn more, or I want to serve, or I maybe don't have time to volunteer, but I'd like to give. And what we do is we fill gaps in the refugee community. There are a lot of service providers out there doing a lot of good, and sometimes they have gaps in volunteer volunteers that they need or items that they need and so on our app and on our social media feeds we post the most current needs that are going on in the community for refugee groups that are serving refugees so we try and we're kind of like a service broker you need an opportunity here are some you can choose from or vice versa if there's an organization that needs some extra support or has a hard time getting the word out, then we post it on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter account, Serve Refugees. So we're just trying to help people have more information because the more information you have, the better the inspiration as to what you can do. Uh, that's uh, I think it's very, uh, um, very intelligent. It's a wonderful uh, way to connect people up. Um, and so, I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. I think Holly is already yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in the we, studio. Most people don't know we have 65,000 refugees in Utah in all different places and about 1,200 new refugees come each year. And there are a lot of needs, needs and there's a lot of ways we as a community could be more welcoming and more supportive. So we just want to help people have access to information they need to be more involved and engaged with refugees in meaningful ways. Mm, wonderful. By the way, I'd like to point out to listeners, I do know what an app is. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> uh, I was I was stumped That's by good. Etsy yeah. with the, with our previous guest, but I'm I'm up I'm I'm cool. I'm down with uh, Yeah, with, with that. I know. Apps are making things yeah. really easy. So if you're in a meeting or you're with a service group or a church group or you're looking for a way to work with refugees, it's nice if you have that app on your phone, you can say, "Hey, let me look and see what might be available, and you can click on serve, and you can find 
a myriad of service projects that you can do to help refugees or items that you can donate. So it's nice to have something right in your hands that facilitates engaging in a meaningful way with refugees. So it's a great tool to have to download the Serve Refugees app. Uh, so you mentioned 65,000 uh, uh, refugees yeah. uh, in many areas of Utah, I suppose, many yeah, communities. Most would... of them, most of them are in Salt Lake mm-hmm. because when they are resettled, the two groups that actually resettle refugees here locally are Catholic Community Services of Utah and the International Rescue Committee of Salt Lake, and they are located in Salt Lake. And so when refugees first arrive, those two organizations help resettle them. And it's where a lot of the services are. And then as they become more independent, they move and they're in different places all over Utah. But most of them, you know, are considerable amount are in Salt Lake City. And actually, 70% of refugees are served by the Granite School District. So any anyone living in the boundaries of the Granite School District, there are a lot of refugees living in that area. So that kind of maybe gives you a better mm. idea of where most refugees so, are living. So Amy, are you connected at all with the Cash Refugee and Immigrant Center up here in Logan? Um, with I'm Nell not, but, but I'd be interested in knowing a little bit more about what they do because I know that there are, you know, we... You know, we don't necessarily track everywhere refugees go. I mean, they're free to move to wherever they want to move once they've become established and don't need services. And, you know, there isn't, we don't have a way to necessarily track them because once they're independent and, you know, contributing, there's no way to track them. So they're all over. So I know there are some, you know, in the Logan area, but I don't know specifics about um, groups serving them in Logan. Well, I will pass your, your information yeah, on to Naldia. We have a very it. large Karen population up here that works yeah. in, in the meatpacking industries up here. So I will make sure yeah, that she that, awesome. the, that Crick knows about, about your app and make sure that they get on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's you great. know, we frequently have people from other areas in Utah wanting ways to serve. And if there are more, more people in the Logan area that are interested in serving refugees, it's nice for them to know of organizations that might need help or ways that they could be more welcoming to the, the community that's coming into Logan. Amy Harmer is with Utah Refugee Connection. Tell us once more how, how people can find that app. It's uh, Serve Refugees. So they can just, it's just called Serve Refugees, and it's available in the App Store on any smartphone. Okay, well, thanks for all the great work you do. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yes, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Amy Harmer with Utah Refugee Connection. org is the website, uh, and you can find the app. At, uh, just search for Serve Refugees. Were you, were you able to find it, uh, Holly? Uh, I can't yeah, access yeah, okay, it on okay, my phone okay, right now, okay. but I will. You will. You will. Okay, leave. good. I, I will, too. <laughs> I'm sure Amy will as well. Amy Anderson with Sunshine Terrace Foundation is with us, and Holly Peterson with uh, Somebody's Attic. Both those great organizations are uh, in Logan. Uh, tell us a little bit more, Amy, about uh, CRIC. Uh, I think it's the acronym. Yeah, it's CRIC. So it's the Cash Refugee and Immigrant Center, um, and they actually are, I know right now, partnering with the um, neighborhood nonprofit housing um, that's where they're sharing office space, but they have drop-in hours for refugees to come in and um, help with uh, documentation, with all sorts of uh, things. 
uh, the communities tend to, to congregate in a certain area. So I know they've worked with getting community gardens because often when you come from a different culture, the foods here are really different and surprising. And sometimes it's hard to obtain the things that you're used to eating. So they work with nutrition. They work with um, integration into schools. They've helped, I know, with clothing and with job placement. So it's a great organization. I wish I knew what their contact information was, but um, Nelda Alt is, is an individual who's been involved with it. She's now up at Utah State um, working with the Student Center, uh, but great, great organization. And, you know, I've, I've helped with them in the past, and it is, it's, as Amy said, when, when people come here, there's a lot we can do to be more open and welcoming, and I encourage people to, to get to know the services that Crick is providing here up in Cache Valley. Uh, let's see. I found the website. Uh, it's cacherefugees.org, cacherefugees.org, so put in a plug for that. And we have with us um, on the line, uh, tell me again, Connor, Tammy from Global Village Gifts in uh, Logan. Uh, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, uh, thanks for calling uh, in. Global Village, that's a great place. Tell us what you do there. It is. So we are a nonprofit fair trade retail shop. Um, we are the only Fair Trade Federation member here in the state of Utah. And what we do is we provide the North American market um, an opportunity to buy items that were handcrafted by artisans and farmers around the world who are employed under the practices of fair trade. Our mission here at Global is twofold. We educate the local public on the principles of fair trade, and we support artisans through the employment opportunities offered by fair trade, which is aimed at alleviating global poverty. Um, for the residents here in the northern Utah, we provide a way to shop for ethically made products that have actually been handcrafted by another person who is treated with dignity, respect, and paid a fair wage for their work. To keep our expenses low, we are primarily run by volunteers, and we are lucky to have some of the most amazing volunteer staff in the Valley, many of whom have traveled to these countries that we carry items from and have witnessed poverty up close. Um, last year, our volunteers and community members were able to raise enough money to fund a women's skills development workshop in India, where 16 women were trained in the basic techniques of stitching, designing, and cutting fabric patterns um, according to the garment requirements. And so we're just, uh, I guess, a way for people to shop and know that their items were ethically made and ethically sourced, and we are always taking new volunteers here in the Valley. Just go to our website, globalvillagegifts.org. Or okay. you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Okay, Global and Village Gifts. the best chocolate. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> wonderful. Yes, we carry some wonderful place. chocolate from Ghana. Yeah. Uh, it's a women's <laughs> own farmer cooperative. And uh, come stop by today. Uh, I'm at 69 East, 100 North, here in Logan. Okay. Or you can give me a call, 435-713-4347. Okay, thank you, Tammy, with Global Village Gifts in Logan. Again, the website is globalvillagegifts.org? That's correct. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. It's a wonderful place for gifts. Mm. And it's uh, such, a, such a great organization. I'm glad she called in. Uh, let me just go, before we uh, go to a representative from Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, uh, just I want to get in a couple of emails here. Um, and you can email us. We'd love to have you uh, highlight, spotlight your favorite uh, nonprofit or church group or individual doing good in, in our communities. Uh, so Mike has emailed in. He said, just want to put in a plug for a website that helps connect volunteers with service opportunities. That's our second mission on the program today is connect people up with, uh, with places they can do good. Uh, so he said, visit justserve.org to find or post service opportunities in any community. So that's justserve.org. 
and I'll plug it in, justserve.org. I've just gone there. It's a very nice website. You can either find opportunities or you can post service opportunities there. Thanks for that, uh, Mike. Appreciate that. And uh, then uh, Brenda has emailed in. Happy New Year to you, Tom. Thanks, Brenda. I would be grateful if you could highlight any of the following about Little Bloomsbury Foundation. So uh, Brenda and the the folks there do great work. Uh, Little Bloomsbury Foundation is a 501c3 peace organization with a mission to promote peace and hope in an uncertain world. Little Bloomsbury's goal is, as an all-volunteer force, is to help strengthen individuals and families through arts and humanities programs that are fun, innovative, educational, and validating. All activities are free and open to all ages. Start as a housewarming party at a historical home and below the Logan Temple. It's sponsored by Utah Division of Arts and Museums, Rotary Club, Kiwanis, Michael Square One Printing, uh, Bluebird, Cafe Sabor, Lee's Marketplace, Peck Headfield, Baxter & Moore, Cook Martin Polson, many other local businesses and nonprofits. <clears throat> so that's great. Let's see, uh, coming up, <clears throat> the 11th Annual Little Bloomsbury Art Festival and Concert Series uh, is is coming up in April. Then they have a Father's Day Ice Cream Festival in June, Little Bloomsbury Pioneer Art Ice Cream Festival in July. Uh, so a lot of good stuff uh, going on there, and you can uh, uh, email them to littlebloomsbury at aol.com or find them at littlebloomsbury.org. Thanks for that, uh, Brennan. They do a lot of, lot of, lot of great activities there at yeah. Little Bloomsbury. Let's uh, bring on um, our next uh, guest on the line. This is Gregory Castle with uh, Best Friends uh, Animal Sanctuary in, in Southern Utah, I believe. But Gregory, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. Um, tell us what Best Friends does. Well, Best Friends basically saves animals, domestic animals. Um, we focus mostly on dogs and cats. And the reason for that is that uh, dogs and cats that are unwanted for whatever reason, or maybe stray, uh, wind up in mostly municipal shelters, some humane societies, and they often don't all get adopted. If they don't get adopted, they wind up actually being killed. Um, And they're sometimes very healthy animals. Our mission is to end that. Um, Nationally, we have a headquarters, um, large sanctuary for animals in southern Utah, um, just north of Kanab, and um, also, but also work in other cities around the country, actually all over the all over the country. So we have a national mission to stop that from happening in the nation shelters. That briefly is what we do. Hmm. Uh, can people do people volunteer there? Do you need volunteers? How can people help? Oh, absolutely. We need volunteers. We depend on volunteers to a great degree. Um, for those people in northern Utah, we do have an adoption center in Sugar House. Um, the address, just for the moment, is 2005 South, 1100 East in Sugar House. You can volunteer there. We welcome volunteers actually everywhere. If you come visit our sanctuary, uh, we always like to have uh, volunteers. And you can actually sign up for volunteering on bestfriends.org. Uh, okay, bestfriends.org is 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 the the place to go, and um, you, you do have a lot of lot of uh, good work, not only in Utah, but it, uh, as you said, in other places. Well, thank you. Yes, we do. Um, we work. Uh, we have two adoption centers in Los Angeles. We've been working there for a long time. We're just setting one up in New York City. Um, we also have uh, one in Atlanta, um, and of course the Salt Lake City one. So. Um, our aim is not to set up these kind of arrangements all over the country. Um, we do work all over the country. We work with a lot of partner organizations in different communities. So we have about 1,700 partner organizations which we support and help in a variety of ways as well to save animals. 
All of them require volunteers. Uh, yes. Uh, so what is the best contact point if someone wants to help the Best Friends program? I think if you want to know more about it, the best thing is to go to bestfriends.org. Um, if you're not in an area where you can actually stop in and visit, visit one of us uh, or one of our places, um, so that, that's the best place, and, and uh, you, you would click on uh, volunteers, and there you could learn more about it and how to sign up for it as well. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You do a lot of great work there. appreciate the work you do. Gregory Castle with Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. And, and thank you so much. There in, in Southern Utah. Thanks. Um, and we're looking for the organization, individual, church group that you're uh, highlighting in your community. This is your chance to plug away. We're, we're uh, trying to encourage some good being done and also connect you, perhaps, if you don't know where to go to, to, uh, to, to serve. Um, I just want to mention we talked with uh, Best Friends. I want to plug Humane Society. Um, so for Utah in general, you can go to utahumane.org utahumane.org and then uh, four paws is another great organization and uh, you can uh, the facebook page they have a great facebook page uh, four paws um you can you can uh, do the numeral or the uh, the spelled out number i believe so humane society in utah and the various places around utah and four paws is a, another great uh, organization Let's go to uh, some more emails that have come in. By the way, we'd love to have you respond to the program at upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, or call us to 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. And we have uh, with us uh, in studio Amy Anderson and Holly Peterson with Sunshine uh, Terrace uh, Foundation and Somebody's Attic, respectively. So next up is uh, Hillary in Logan who says the Bridgeland Audubon Society provides field trips and programs to promote awareness and education about the natural environment with an emphasis on birds. The February Great Backyard Bird Count is next opportunity to participate in a national citizen science project. There will be a free educational program, including an introduction to eBird with Brent Mossman on Saturday, February 11th, 10 a.m. to noon, Logan Library Bonneville Room. Bird Count participants can comment uh, as little as... Uh, can commit, rather, can commit rather, as little as 15 minutes to watching their own backyard February 17th through the 20th. Still provide valuable data. Learn more about Bridgeland Audubon Society at our website and Facebook page. Programs are free and open to all, but membership helps support cons- conservation and education programs. Thanks for that, Hillary. Bridgeland Audubon Society and the February Great Backyard Bird Count is coming up in February. So. Go to Bridgeland Audubon Society uh, contact point to learn more about that. And you can provide valuable data, as Hillary says, just by counting birds in your own backyard. Uh, Next up is Julie. Uh, It was signed Julie and Greg Andrew, outreach coordinators for NAMI Cash Valley Affiliate. Uh, So Julie says, hi, Tom. Just wanted to mention the valuable services of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI. We held a public information meeting last night in the Logan Library. We're happy with the crowd that came. Many of those who attended mentioned how valuable the information was, and they signed up to participate in upcoming support groups. We have a website that will answer questions and give people an opportunity to contact us and ask questions. So the, the website is namicashvalley.org, namicashvalley.org. We have educational groups for individuals experiencing mental challenges called peer-to-peer, as well as education for family members who have family members experiencing mental challenges called family-to-family. If anyone wants to sign up for an upcoming group, they can go to the website and sign up or call 
435-787-4165 and leave a message. And the website, once again, is namikashvalley.org. That's National Alliance on Mental Illness. That's a wonderful organization. They do a, a lot of mm -hmm. great good. Thanks for that, Julie. Uh, here's Ted in Logan. He says, I thank you so much for holding this excellent program, and to Holly and Amy for joining in this discussion. I want to highlight the great community spirit of everything from neighbors shoveling neighborhood sidewalks. Amen to that. Yes. yes. I, I had a neighbor come over with his snowblower and uh, and ease my depression on the great the great storm of 2017 when he when he uh, did my driveway. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, uh, Jacob, my neighbor Jacob. Uh, I want to highlight the great community spirit of everything from neighbors shoveling neighborhoods, uh, sidewalks to great not-for-profits that take care of many issues which would otherwise remain marginalized in our communities. When thinking about the charitable sector, I would encourage listeners in Cache Valley to consider what the valley would look like if organizations like USU, CAPSA, Somebody's Attic, our many churches, Sunshine Terrace, Stokes Nature Center, or even UPR did not exist. I, for one, am grateful and truly appreciate the vibrant tapestry that is our community here in Cache Valley. I have so many other things in bold and underlined that to say on this topic, namely I encourage people to stop using the word overhead when talking about efficiency of an organization, but I believe I will leave it there. That We could probably get you uh, okay. finally to talk about that a little bit, uh, but thanks for that, Ted. That's uh, very, very poetically uh, put. That it, it does... It does contribute to the fine tapestry of organization, doesn't it? Absolutely. Our volunteer organizations and Absolutely. people do good. Um, here is uh, Hillary back again. She says, the mission of the Cash Interagency Council is to unite service organizations in sharing ideas, upcoming events, and ongoing services, thus producing a spirit of unity and cooperation among participating organizations. And uh, so let's see. For the new year, we'll be holding our luncheon meetings every fourth Wednesday at Sizzler, 1130. And newsletter submissions also do every fourth Wednesday the following month. Please include the CIC newsletter in the subject heading, et cetera. And uh, probably ought to give more than the first name. Hillary Shugart is who we're talking yeah, about. So Bridgerland, and she's the Yeah, and she's on the board now for okay. the Cash Inner Agency. And I would encourage anyone who is affiliated with a nonprofit, you're welcome to come. Um, that's an open group. It, uh, as she mentioned, it meets at 1130 now at Sizzler that third Wednesday, and it's an opportunity to network and to learn what each other is doing. There's also opportunities to present your needs and the services you provide. So everyone is welcome um, that third Wednesday, Cash Interagency. Doug Stevenson is the current chairman for the Cash okay. Interagency Okay, all right. Council. And thanks for Hillary to make us aware of that. Um, and I'll alert our producers, we may, we may go over... So, uh, but I'll try to get this in. We want to, the top goal is to get all these emails in. Thank you for the great response. This is the next one is from Steve in Beaverdam, Arizona. That part is very important, Beaverdam, as, as, as you'll see in the, in the, here in the email. Steve says, how far afield are we defining community? Uh, Tom and guests, Utah Public Radio has a big footprint, you know. Here in Beaverdam, Arizona, your translator signal beamed at Santa Clara, Utah, comes in loud and clear, and I'm a member of the station as well as a daily listener. Thanks for that, Steve. Nearer to me, but farther uh, from your signal is Mesquite, Nevada, which is right at the edge of UPR's footprint. We Care for Animals is located in Mesquite, and as its name has already telegraphed, it's an animal care and welfare organization that does tremendous service for people, pets, and abandoned and stray animals in northeastern Nevada and northwestern Arizona. The group works with similar St. George organizations, so its reach extends into southwestern Utah, too. 
I have seven dogs, all rescues. Way to go, Steve. And the adoption of most of them was mediated through We Care for Animals. I'm not a member of the group, so can't describe all the services provided. But I uh, do know uh, that in addition to care and adoption services, WCFA provides neutering and vaccination assistance programs to low-income households and is a generally benevolent presence in these parts. WCFA is right at the edge of UPR service area, Tom, but very much worth knowing about. So that is We Care for Animals, located in Mesquite, Nevada. Thanks for that, Stephen Beaverdam, Arizona. Next up is Leslie. Leslie says, um, my name is Leslie uh, uh, Golly, uh, and I would like to shine a light on one of the uh, wonderful nonprofits that serve the Cache Valley area. I'm a member of the local chapter of NAMI, which stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. The services NAMI provides are completely comprised of volunteer members who have a personal investment in destigmatizing mental illness and are for individuals and families that are struggling with mental illness. Mental illness can be terribly isolating, and loving someone with a mental illness can be equally challenging. We give hope to people in these circumstances that treatment works, recovery is possible, and most importantly, you are not alone. Some of the essential services NAMI provides are family-to-family and peer-to-peer education courses and following support groups, family support group, which has, has, is a haven of understanding based on lived understanding with mental illness for people that care for those with mental illness, and connections, which is for the individual that is struggling with mental illness. All services are free. Enrollment to our courses and groups is open to the public. More information can be found at our website, namicashvalley.org. namicashvalley.org. Thanks for your time. Let's keep doing good, essential work in service to others. Best, Leslie Golly. Thanks for that, Leslie. Um, Next up is Alec. Alec says, I work at a dinosaur museum in St. George, and we're always looking for more volunteers. We have uh, them learn the ins and outs of the site, then provide docent services for our customers. Or go back to our lab and work on the fossils after some training from our site paleontologist. It's a great opportunity to learn some fascinating science and then be able to pass that knowledge back out to the community. That's Alec. That's, that's a wonderful opportunity for people. And uh, finally, uh, Nolan says, I tuned in late. Is, has common ground been mentioned? So, yes, it has, <laughs> yeah. Nolan, but it's, it's <laughs> worth repeating. Yes. Thanks for that. Uh, common ground outdoor adventures. We are uh, smack out of time. Uh, Amy Anderson and Holly Peterson, thanks so much for coming in. You're welcome, Tom. Thanks for letting me here. And we'll put information on the website uh, for you. And uh, thanks for all the good that you do in our communities. And thanks for highlighting that good. And uh, thanks for listening to Access Utah. You're listening to Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, also heard at upr.org.